You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. It's so great to be here. Um, uh, June of 2023, and uh, it was 42 years ago that we had the privilege of uh, starting. It was right about this weekend, around the 20th, 21st of June in 1981, and uh, <clears throat> just all the things that God's done through the years, it's such a privilege. I just want to say hello from our family. Gail says hello. We're celebrating 50 years of marriage on June 30th this month, <clears throat> and all our kids know that we're here and uh, are excited about uh, being, being able to come up and be on the St. Lawrence River for 10 days. Let's talk about that for a moment. You know what I mean? That's pretty sweet. Water down where I am, it's real salty, you know, and brackish. And um, there's nothing like coming home <clears throat> and being in your home atmosphere. And so today, I, I would like to share some thoughts of what would be a classic word uh, or teaching. It's not something that's new to most of us here, but my prayer is, <clears throat> is that God would use this to challenge us in this moment that we have. We're in a prophetic moment right now, um, as you are in your life and as a church, you're surrounded with circumstances and dilemmas, challenges, and my prayer today is that this word will come and just come alongside of you and encourage you in your walk with God and just help you through, you know. Um, we're called to be a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves. And being a part of the church is such a privilege. We're the, we're the house of God. We're the, we're the ecclesia, the called out ones, the body of Christ. And I, I just want to share that concept here today and just look to the Lord to help us to be able to ascertain certain things spiritually so that it will be spiritual nutrient for us. And like I already said, it would encourage us. And so I want to turn to Matthew chapter... I didn't give them notes, um, so it's not on the overhead probably, but in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, uh, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and he said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose shall be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, that this will not happen to you. But he turned to him and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life he will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he, the same shall find it. Father, we pray today that the, the words of God would just leap off the scriptures into our hearts today, that you would help us, Father, to, uh, to, to have the wherewithal, to have the stamina, to have the spiritual grit to face the hour that we live in in human history. Uh, we pray for America today. Uh, America's in trouble, and we just ask God for mercy to come and, and, and for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to permeate the atmosphere of our nation. 
We pray for those that lead us civilly, and we ask God for grace upon them. Lord, we just ask for uh, an impartation this morning. Open our eyes that we might see, that we might see, that we might grow and become all that you've ordained for us to become. We pray this believing right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. And so we find in the scripture here that Jesus asked his disciples at a certain spot in his ministry, what do the public opinion polls say about me? And of course, it's, it's, re, it's predictably varied, and they were confused as to identity. But then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And again, the story tells us that Peter speaks up and he said, you are, you are the Christos, you, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus began to make statements that uh, heretofore were never heard before. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. This is the first time that the church is mentioned in the New Testament. So Jesus is unveiling something here. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church, two personal pronouns. And so he's going to take up the activity. The burden is upon him. He's going to build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the first time that church comes up in the Bible, what we find is, is there's great conflict. He's talking about conflict here. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, it starts talking about binding on earth and binding on earth and heaven and releasing and a negotiation between heaven and earth because of this new thing called the church. Now, first to be noted, and it's very obvious, again, I don't say that this is new information, but basically said, you are Peter, and upon this rock. Now, the church isn't built upon Peter, the stone, the individual. But what he just did was says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so the identity of Christ and a person having a revelation of who Jesus is, is the building block of the church. Thus, you don't become a part of the church until you know who Jesus is. Very simple. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And I'm going to give you these keys. And I'm going to unlock things. There's going to be destiny. There's going to be forward motion. I have learned after being a Christian for over 50 years, the greatest challenge to be a Christian is to keep moving. To keep moving. To keep moving forward. Children of Israel, Israel are a prophetic type of this in the Old Testament. So they, they leave Egypt and they're going to the promised land and they wanted to settle in. But they were commanded... But you need to follow the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of fire. And when it comes and it settles down, you stay there. But when it rises, you follow it. However comfortable you become in the interim doesn't make any difference. We're going to follow the cloud. We're going to follow the Lord's will for my life. That's what that, that is a prophetic picture of for you and I. And it says that it and, and if you count. The cloud and the pillar of fire ascended 42 times and descended 42 times. And there's 42 generations between Abraham, the father of covenant, and the coming of Jesus Christ. And this is your 42nd birthday as a church. Perhaps implying to us in this moment, a long time after this happened, 2,000 years, that God wants to do something fresh in your life and in my life. And we want to just keep pace with the Lord. We want to continue to follow him. We want to keep moving forward. Now, God's design for the church, it's, it's basically if you're in church, if you subscribe to the house of the Lord, the body of Christ, you're a Christian, something happens the moment that you get saved. There's almost like a spiritual homing device where you begin to seek out fellowship with other people. 
before you got saved, you usually didn't drink alone. You went out to the you, you went with people that did that. There's a homing we're sheep by nature. Whether we're saved or not, we pack together. We like people around us. Now we're scarred. All kinds of things happen, and some people become recluses and just go off by themselves. But under normal circumstances, there is a predisposition to be together with other people. And so God calls you into the body of Christ. I remember when I got saved as a college student, I sought out fellowship. I knew inherently not a lot about the Bible, but I just knew I needed to be gathered together with people. And so I found a local church, and I went in there. And, and, and they're not a bunch of people that I would have personally selected to hang out with, if you know what I Don't look around. But God calls you. He places you in the body as it pleases Him. And so I just went with it. I just don't understand all this. They're lifting their hands. But something inside said, I need to be a part of this thing. So if you break down church to its most simple form, it's really about relationship. And one of the things that we've got to do if we're going to keep moving with the cloud is we can't get tired of relationships. We can't think that we've grown to the place that we no longer need other people now. Come to a place of revelation, follow the Lord. I've got a, a you know, some, some obedience, some disobedience in my life, but... You know what I mean? I, I just, no, I've I kind of outgrown that. That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. The older you get, the more mature you become as a Christian, the more dependent you become on other people. In the business world, it's just the opposite. I have an insurance agency for Medicare, and I train people how to do it. And in that world, I have to be at all the first appointments because they don't know what they're doing. And so we kind of walk through this, and as they learn more, and we could pick any, you know, any business or anything. I'm just using my personal experience. The better you get at it, the more you can be independent and do your own thing. In the kingdom, it's just the opposite. When you're born into the kingdom, when you first come in, you don't know anything, and you're as independent as you'll ever be because you're coming out of something. But then as you grow in grace, God attaches you with people and, 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 and there's a dependence upon them. The fact of the matter is, when I become a part of a local church, I'm identifying with the deposit of Christ in your life. And you're de- you, you, you are identifying with the deposit of Christ in me. Now, it, it, it might be nice that we like the same pro football team or that we graduated at the same time or that we have kids the same age. Those are things that will cause us to to get together with certain people. But the fact of the matter is, the people that would be the most least likely for you to hang out with might be the people that you need the most. Because there's grace in their life. God has tempered the body together, it says in Corinthians, that the the person that uh, 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 has status or has certain things, um, that they can rest on those things. But the person that's the least esteemed, God will give grace to them so that there's equity in the body of Christ. And so if you're here today and you might suffer in your own thoughts about yourself as that, I'm not really a cheever, I ain't that smart, I ain't that pretty, I don't really have this or that or the other thing, welcome to the club. Because the scripture is clear that God has not called, not many noble, not many mighty are called. For God has taken the simple things to confound the wise. Hence, we have the body of Christ, people. And I just want to encourage you today to open your heart to relationship. See, the fact of the matter is, in the local church, you know how it says in John chapter 3, it says, uh, um, uh, it talks about being born again, and it talks about They can't even, unless they're born again, they can't even see the kingdom. It's a matter of seeing, okay? And it tells us in Ephesians chapter 3. 
In verse 8, Paul says, To me, who am less than the least of all saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And so prophetic preaching allows us to be able to see something. And so I just want to encourage you today, you can follow the instruction of those that are over you. It's good to have relationships. But until you begin to, from a, from a scriptural standpoint, you begin to see with your spirit, this isn't just a nice program they have called small group in my church. This is actually the heart of God for my development. And when we begin to see that way, we begin to understand giving. We begin to understand loving people. And we see it from a place of illumination and spiritual understanding. Now we form convictions. And we just don't do it because it's a program. Because it's a nice thing to do. We're growing in the grace of God. You see, I'm convinced that if we don't understand the master plan, we're going to bog down or bow out of the program when the going gets a little bit tough. We need to see something. And so our, my heart today is that God would just open our eyes. He would show us something. That we would become committed to one another in a greater way. This is a simple message today. Commitment. Commitment basically is the conviction whereby I'm compelled to action because I see something. I'm compelled to action. I commit myself to a principle. I commit myself to an understanding, and it becomes a conviction in my life, not a preference. When I was first a Christian, I thought giving was cute. I guess they need to run the operation of the church where I'm going. So out of a little bit of business acumen and small intelligence, I gave based upon that. But when I began to, began to understand and see how that the first fruits belong to God, when I began to understand that it's my privilege to give unto the Lord, to declare to him his lordship over all that I have, then giving went from convenience to conviction. And I began to do it out of principle. And then whatever came into my house, the first fruits belonged to God. Whether it was a sale of a home or whatever it was, the first fruits belonged to God. And through my life, God has just been so faithful just to bring provision and just to accelerate, really, our our lives accelerate and also be able to give us things. God meets us where we are. But we're growing. We're growing in the grace of God. And so as you're a part of this church, the thing that you can start with is relationships. You go after relationships. Now, I'm a little bit, my temperament type, I'm a type A. I'm a little louder, a little bossier, a little you know, out there. Okay, don't take it personal. Anyway, and, and so my, my temperament would be more lended to that kind of thing of meeting new people and so on. But irregardless of what type of temperament you are, when you begin to see something, you need to go after relationships. And this might be a real word for some people here. God is saying to you, he wants you to go after relationships. We had Charles Simpson in here many years ago. I remember him make, making a statement about something. He said, get a bigger life. When you come into Christianity, you come in all morphed up because you were under the tutelage of the enemy. You were, you were a part of darkness. You were lost in the world. And so you come in fragmented. When you come into the house of God, God begins to make you whole again. And a part of that wholeness is, as you join with people, God begins to heal your heart. You go through traumatic life situations that none of us can escape. You come into the house of God, the healing balm of Gilead begins to flow around you. 
The Bible says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And I remember one time, years and years ago here, we were in a teaching type situation. And I've shared this here before, but a lot of you are new. Dr. Kim stopped me at a certain point, and we were just talking about the body. We were talking about something. And he had said, you know, it's very interesting, as they are uh, forming and making artificial organs, like a heart and so on, that they're learning scientifically that it doesn't just pump the blood. That's the function of what it does. But each of your organs in your body, he said, is an enzyme factory. And the enzymes of the heart are, it's sending enzymes to whatever's next to it, liver, or I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but whatever's there, and it spurs that organ to do its function. And from that other organ, it's getting enzymes from that organ, and it's helping the heart do its job. Hence, we have the church. There's a flow. And for some of us here, the word of the Lord today, if you hear nothing else, is the Lord saying, get into the flow of relationship. You'll never be the worst for it. Oh, but I got a track record of scars, and I've been to church before, and I've been let down and, and hurt, and, 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 and people have, you know, I feel like they've used me. I had expectations, didn't come through. I don't know if I can give it a chance again. You can't live without it. God wants to turn the scars of your life into trophies. He wants to turn that into soft tissue that's responsive, not hard, not resistant. And so just you on the inside of your heart, opening, making the decision to open your heart more to relationships. I mean, if you come into a church like this and you're in and out burger, I mean, you come in late, you, 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 uh, you, you go early, and you just don't want to talk with anybody. Maybe that's where you're at. Nobody's condemning you today. But that's not normal. God wants to bring you into the flow of love from people, giving and receiving love, and growing. And as you do that, your comprehension of the kingdom will automatically increase automatically because remember Jesus is the head you and I are what the body of Christ and so get some new relationships happy 42nd birthday get some new relationships Marty Avery was here from the beginning Marty get some new relationships and I could name a bunch of people and embarrass people, but I, I feel like just doing it to Marty today. <laughs> Get some new relationships. Grow a bigger life. Don't be so consumed just on you and yours. I mean, God wants us to enjoy our family. I mean, that's a part of the covenant, right? Get to see our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Um, if we continue to age. This aging thing's a real drag, isn't it? Come on, let's hear it from the real people here. <clears throat> but go after relationship. Go after relationship. Now, Peter, back in our text in Matthew chapter 16, he's the one that had the revelation of the identity of Jesus. But then Jesus, follow this thought now, when his identity was out, when somebody said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, he immediately unveils the church and the cross suffering. So Peter, in a moment here, represents people that get saved but never get a theology of the cross in their own lives. We all want to save ourselves. And so the scripture says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, the same shall find it. And so it's my humanity doesn't like the cross, doesn't like paying the price, doesn't like doing something that costs me something. But Jesus introduces the cross right at that point. 
And Peter, who had the major revelation of identity, totally missed it. And he represents people that get saved but never lay a hold of an understanding of the cross. The fact of the matter is if we get saved and, and we're not introduced to the cross, which our personal experience where, where uh, I lay down my life for people, for things, if, if, if I don't get that into the matrix of my theology and experience, I'll just be a self-centered Christian that operates out of whims and their own preferences and self-indulgence. And you don't, you don't have to look very far in the church world universal to see a lot of that. So it's the cross. The cross. And so Peter, for a moment here, represents prophetic transition. He had this revelation, but now he needs to capture this revelation. The guy that was going to become the first leader of the church, Jesus speaks to him directly and said, get, get behind me, Satan. Just like that. Leadership in, in, in transition. This, this transition, going to the next thing and place that God, God has for me. The Lord was going to give over the gavel of authority to Peter, to the church. He said, Peter, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Peter unlocked the Jewish world on the day of Pentecost and was the first one to preach to the Jews. And then he went to the, uh, 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 the non-Jews and he opened up the door at Cornelius' house. Keys to the kingdom. He opened up the door to those people groups. But it was imperative. As soon as Peter understood who Jesus was, that he would understand the cross and that there would be some suffering. And so I just want to encourage you today that whatever level of commitment that you have, if this is your home church, God wants to deepen that because there's many, many more people coming. I mean, I take a look around and... Um, just see what's happened through here and through Madrid because we planted Madrid over uh, out of Ogdensburg uh, in 1978. And just take a look at all the campuses and all the things that have happened. It's just, it's just amazing to me. This is so far beyond human instrumentality or intelligence or, or, or business skill. This is the kingdom of God. And, and, and we get to live... A, uh, you know, not long, long, long lives, but long enough to see some of the fruit. And it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing to see all the lives that are affected. And all of you people that are young, we're waiting on God to, because you're going to carry the gavel. You're going to carry it. It's not the older folks. They have a place, wisdom, impartation, but it's the younger folks that are being raised up. We not, what we don't want to happen in the local church is that we slip into a maintenance mentality. We just, we just appreciate what God do, did th you know, through the first 40 years of the church, and, and, and we're just going to camp around it because we got a good thing going here. I mean, like the building's paid off. We're a decent size. Uh, we've, we've outlived some of the crazy things that people thought about us in this town just by you and I living our lives honestly and uprightly before them. And so let's just tighten down the hatchet. Let's not take it, you know, let, let, let's not be too extravagant here. Let's just kind of protect. You know, in 1987, when this was built, 140 by 80, this room. And I've shared this before, and some of you were back in those days, but Paul Johansson came in and challenged us in January when we dedicated it and basically said this building can be a womb or a tomb. The choice is yours. A womb or a tomb, it's up to you. See, that's still out there for the coming generation. That's, that, that's still out there for us today, all of us. 
What's a womb do? It conceives life. It brings forth freshness. It brings forth uh, genealogy, expectation, promise. But what is a tomb? A tomb is just a container that hold, that that where where life used to be, but it stopped. And so today. And I'm just, you know, so glad to be aligned with the leadership of the house. I'm just so impressed with Pastor Greg. He laughs so I can talk about him. I'm just so impressed with, you know, the whole team. Just, I mean, you've got great leadership here. And a lot of churches don't make the transition from the younger generation or from the older generation to the younger generation. Vanessa and Fred are in Newport News, Virginia, and and a couple of years ago, they were given a large Baptist church. And I'm not hitting on Baptist folk, but it was a large Baptist church that was in decline. And they got the building and the parking lot and everything for a dollar. And now they have a preschool, and it's, it's, become, it's becoming a womb. But slowly, the church began to disintegrate from the inside, largely because they were not able to bring young people in. So having young people around, folks, that's our insurance for longevity in the kingdom. As a church and as a ministry, your part and my part will be forgotten about, but the, the testimony of Jesus Christ will be heard through this church for many generations. Come on. That's, that's what we're talking about here. We're negotiating that in our own hearts. We can't have a, 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 a maintenance mentality. we got to keep going after it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's not that the gates of hell are coming against the church and we're on the defensive here because the enemy is outwitting us. No, we have the strategies of heaven as God leads us as we say yes privately in our own lives and we have a corporate yes to what God wants to do. And so we begin to put pressure on the door of the enemy in the other direction. And we're snatching people out of darkness. And so at the beginning, I talked about being a prophetic church. And I just want to share a few remaining thoughts about that. When I say being a prophetic church, I'm not talking about an over-dependence on prophecy or talking about the prophetic office. When I say prophetic church, I'm talking about that we are a group of people that are en route from point A to point B. We've embarked on a prophetic journey that is pre-described and foreordained for me, for us, by the Lord. I, as an individual, have captured a sense of life vision, and I realize that my steps are larger and more meaningful than just my own choosing, with, with, with my limited consciousness. I realize that my decisions have prophetic import and the success of hearing and doing God's will is paramount. That's a prophetic Christian. And so being prophetic means that you are a hearing church. I'm a hearing Christian. I hear the Lord. God speaks to me. And I'd like for him to speak in a way that may, might, might be more ostentatious at times, but the fact of the matter is I'm walking in that anointing. I'm walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm serving God in my generation. And like I said already, Israel's challenge and our challenge right now in 2023 is to keep moving with the Lord. We can't just go into kind of like a retirement mentality spiritually. Now we'll slow down We'll do things a little uh, differently than we used to do, et cetera, et cetera. There's no, no condemnation in that. But the fact of the matter is, all my life, I want to have my foot on the gas pedal spiritually. I want to keep moving in the things of God. Because the Bible gives us stinging reminders of people in the scriptures who didn't. Now, you probably know the story, but when the children of Israel were going from Egypt to the promised land, they got to the Jordan after a certain amount of journey and decisions, etc., and they could see the promised land, and they were going to go over 
and they had to beat up on seven nations that were greater than they were to take possession of the land. But we had the 12 tribes. Well, two and a half tribes decided we, will, we don't want to go there. We like it over here on this side of the Jordan. We like the little campsite that we got by the river here or whatever it was. And we're able to sustain our cattle and so on. We kind of like the fields. I don't know. That's the promised land. That, that, that side of the water is, is where the prophetic import, our destiny is. But I don't know. I thought about it. I think over here is just, just as nice. Well, Jesus gets to a certain point in his ministry, and the scripture tells us in Mark chapter 5, he needs to go over to the land of the Gadarenes. That's one of the tribes, the tribe of Gad. So these are people that made that decision generations ago to stay over here. Let's do an update and see where they are today after many generations. So they go over to the land of Gad. They meet a demoniac man. And then the children of Israel who tended cattle, these people over here in Gad were now tending swine, which were unclean. There was a slow degradation through time based upon that decision on their progeny, on their descendants. And when Jesus went over there, he found a demoniac man. He found people tending the swine. And what was worse, those people on that side of the Jordan, those people that said no generations ago, when Jesus came with miracles, unlike other people groups that opened their arms, they wanted the healing, would you stay with us? And they had all those miracle meetings. The children of Gad asked him, could you please go away? Resisting what God's doing today. That's what happened when people compromised. You might get away with it with a certain amount of spirituality in your generation, but what's going to happen to the generation next and the generation after that? The fact of the matter, like, like he was saying about me, but really not me, it's all of us here that said amen to the Lord in 1981 and 1982. We said yes to the Lord, and that is a, that, that is a, a, a trickle effect not just to our outreach, but to those that come out of our loins, as can be seen in Mark chapter 5. If the Gadites in Mark 5 are a picture of compromise, you want nothing to do with them. Because it's going to set your children up for failure. They're going to have to say amen, yes or no, to God in their generation. They don't get to heaven based upon your decision. But you do create a climate for your home and for your offspring based upon the decisions you make in private. And so I just want to encourage you today. A womb or a tomb. That word is still over the house today. Now I think that this church has successfully traversed 40, 42 years of history with outreach and obedience. We're not perfect. We make our mistakes. I'm not always the best witness. Uh, all that being put aside, I think this church has remarkably hit the mark. And so we want to keep that legacy up, don't we? Come on. Prophetic people Prophetic churches live in a state of prophetic transition. And people in prophetic transition, as they say yes to the Lord, it creates prophetic advancement to the church vision, which creates spiritual momentum in the church. You can feel it when you're in a church that's alive and a church that's just complacent. Well, we just want to keep everything back. We don't want to offend. We don't, we just, no, we want to be a, we, we want, 
We want to hit the mark in our generation. It creates spiritual momentum. You can feel it during the worship today. It's not just nice songs and loudspeakers and all of that stuff. That, that's in the interplay. But spiritually, you close your eyes and you can feel the sense of prophetic momentum in the church. And that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. But the difficulty with that is that that creates prophetic crisis. Children of Israel leave the promised land. All of a sudden now, after 430 years of captivity, they now can become recognized as a nation. All this was in the offing, probably in their thought process as they left. So it was a great idea, but they got into the wilderness, and you know the story, they had to reach for the Red Sea. They headed to the place that it was either going to be a miracle or we're through. So sometimes when you make the right decisions, it creates some crisis. But if you hang on to God, he's going to get you through it. He's going to bring you all the way through. One of the things that I can lend to this church is a, um, is, is as a voice from the past is um, historical accuracy of how things rolled out. 81, we founded the church. We built right away in 82. We had a Canadian representation. In 84, we started a church in Cornwall, Ontario. While that was going on, we felt the stirrings in 86 to build a much larger building. As we were traversing that and praying about what that meant, and we made a commitment to build, the next month General Motors announced that it's going to pull out. That makes it a little bit more difficult. Not that we're looking for General Motors, but the fact of the matter is when the children of Israel crossed over, the Jordan, it was during flood season. If not, they could have just tiptoed on the rocks and gotten across. They could have worked it out in their humanity and done it in their own natural strength. God builds the scene so it's impossible. That's a perfect scenario for him to move. My main assistant in 86 felt to move to Pennsylvania. We put down the chalk line right here around our building to pray for the construction of this church that we're going to believe God. We came out after service and got in a big circle with our hands. And that night, I assumed the pastorate of New Covenant Church in Malone. You talk about being stretched. But in those days, that, that was the yes. And we felt God was in it. And God brought us through all of that. God brought you through. And then the years continue, the doors open up. I'm feeling like God has another area for us to reach. And so we traversed that. I was 41 years old. I turned 71 in a month, month and a half. So that's 30 years ago. Made good decisions then, and it was no picnic down in Virginia. Really tough at times. But if you say yes to the Lord, he encapsulates you with grace and he gets you through. He gets you to the finish line. And people will look at it afterwards and they'll go, to God be the glory. No person could do that. See? You know, when you build, usually when you build a house, you try to get a contract, right? So the contractor's kind of pinned in on the price previous to the deal, but then, then you know, in some cases, it's cost plus, which means they get to charge as they go, okay? That's what the kingdom's like. It's cost plus. You don't have the security of having this nice round number that you can just live with. Come on. You keep laying your life down. And so you're here today. You're a part of this house. It's 2023. The world scene's getting darker, much darker than we knew 30 years ago. All the stuff that's going on politically and around the world with wars and all of this stuff, come on, the church needs to be the church. 
See, God has a large dimmer switch in heaven of revelation, and he's turning it up at the end of the age. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But in the kingdom, the light is going up at the same time as the darkness is getting darker. So there's more separation. And so if ever we needed to be people that are prophetic, come on, right here in your little town, to be prophetic, to go for it. Church leadership field, well, we should reach out to this area. We should reach out to that area. Well, we don't want to give up that ministry. Whatever's in your heart and it's confirmed to be the word of the Lord, even though it looks kind of impossible, I don't know, I've just gotten kind of used to the fact that that's way, usually the way it looks. But you know what? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to join hands with you, and we're going to see the glory of God in our generation. This is such a wonderful area to be. I, I live in the largest city in, in Virginia. I live in Virginia Beach, and it's just this large, large area, just this large monster. You know what I mean? The cool thing about up here is you can take over a whole town. Kind of, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be exclusive with other churches because we lock arms with all the expressions in our area. And you lock arms with yours around this area and you're believing God together. But you're able to make a, a, a major impact. Back when we were far, first starting the church, I had thoughts in my mind, what would it be like to go into Kenny's someday and they're playing Christian music? See, when I got saved in 1972... My first car was a 1953 Chevy that I got real cheap. And I'm driving down the thruway, and when you saw bumper stickers that said, honk if you love Jesus, you know those nerds? Come on. Honk if you, we were honking. We didn't know very many Christians. And if the people responded, we're going, we, we felt like they were our long lost cousins. But today there's more Christians. There's more Christians in Messina. More Christians in the whole area by the grace of God. And God wants that to increase. Could you stand with me today? In this prophetic moment that we're in today, on June 18th of 2023, we just want to oblige the Holy Spirit and and. In your heart, make a decision, Lord, I want to go all the way with you. Now, you could be three weeks a Christian, three years a Christian, or 53 years a Christian. It's still the same response. Lord, I want to go all the way with you. Lord, I want to go all the way with you. Holy Spirit of God, we love you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge of scripture. We thank you for the challenge to be prophetic in our day, in our time. This is our moment. It's time for the church to come forth triumphant and glorious. But it's going to take people that make individual decisions to say yes to you, to love you with all of our hearts to give you all that we have, to dedicate our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Oh, Lord, we love you today. We can dream, and I pray right now that new hope will come into hearts here, people that have been gone through really tough situations. And the Lord says to you today that he wants you to begin to dream again like you did when you were a young Christian. Begin to dream again about what it can be like and what it will be like in your life. And so we just stand fast in one spirit right now and we just, we address the principalities and powers that be and we stand upon the scripture. Jesus, you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so we're saying in this, in this day, no prevailing of the kingdom of darkness. There's still much need around us, God, but we pray right now in Jesus' name, turn up the dimmer switch in heaven, we ask. Turn it up, God, in our lives. Turn it up in my volitional response today to say yes to you. If you're here and you're a young couple or gonna be getting married or 
you've been married just a few years, you can bring your kids up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And they'll do mighty things. They'll go to nations. They have relationships way beyond you. Father God, we love you today. We honor you today. Father, we pay, we pray for Pastor Greg right now as he's probably arriving in Ogdensburg, that 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 uh, new church, God, that you've given graciously the oversight to by this house. And we just pray right now that you continue to start a fire in that area, God, in Jesus' name. We just break the oppression of the enemy over that area. We break it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in Hogansburg, God, God, that you'll do your bidding and your will through all these hamlets and communities in the North Country, through these beautiful prairies and fields and rivers and lakes, in the name of Jesus. Set it ablaze, God, we pray. Set it ablaze, God, we pray. We honor and adore you, Father. Be glorified in this day. Jesus, thank you, Father. We're going to start with a renewed aggression towards relationship with my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Father. We break down every wall that would hinder people, wounded people that come in here that don't feel like they can be in relationship. We break that right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be glorified, God. Be glorified, God. Jesus, Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.